thing. I, I thought to myself, let's let's dig into a, a topic of Scripture that we might sometimes just gloss over, might just think we understand, or might think we have a good comprehension or handle of, but that we can learn more about this this thing, this idea, this topic that, that is important to Scripture, that is important to our relationship with God, that is important to Christianity in general, and that is the Gospel. Okay, so the next week, uh, next few weeks, we're going to talk about the gospel, right? The gospel of God, the gospel of Scripture, the the gospel that we as Christians pertain to and follow and and, and say that we know and say that we want to live by this gospel. Okay, so let's go ahead and read the scripture. We're going to be reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Let me get a drink of water. So it reads like this. It says, Moreover, brethren, obviously this is Paul speaking as with the Corinthian church. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye remember, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Paul's talking about, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. You know, and the term of the gospel is used in church in a lot of different things, right? We use it to describe the first four books of the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... In John, we say those are our gospels. Okay, we also may talk about it how that preachers need to preach the gospel. We sing gospel songs, contemporary gospel, bluegrass gospel, southern gospel, gospel songs. And as Christians, we are to go out and share the gospel. Okay, we've got you there by the end. The gospel, and that's it's an important term. We use it all the time. In, in, in scriptures, but what is the gospel? What is the gospel? We get the word gospel from the Greek word. I've tried all morning to remember how to say this, and I'm going to butcher it. So if you know Greek and I butcher this, I'm sorry, but I have a good feeling none of you know Greek. So I'm going to say it's right, and you're going to think it's right. Okay? You you gelly. That looks right. That sounds Greek. Eugelion. Okay? Greek. Eugelion. If it's not right, you don't know it. I don't either. It means the good news. The good news. Now, we've heard that. That's probably not surprising to most of you. Most of you have heard that the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Right? It is the good news of Jesus Christ, what he did, and all these things that we've learned about, we've heard about in Scripture. And we understand that. It's the good news. But one thing that's become clear to me as I've grown up older is that it is very difficult to get a large number of people to agree on any one thing, right? We look at the world, you look at Facebook, whatever it may be. It is hard to get a group of people aligned with one idea or definition or understanding or comprehension of what something is or what could constitute something, you know, all these different things, okay? So we're going to talk about what it is that makes up the gospel. We're going to talk about some key tenets or characteristics of 
the gospel message. Okay? And I feel like it can be communicated in this phrase. Okay? The gospel, you can talk about all kinds of things, and, and we can break it down. We can get into other isms and schisms, but when you get into that, you're getting more into theology and doctrine and stuff like that. We're talking about the gospel, the key core message of what we believe, of who we are as Christians, of who we are as a church, of who we are as followers and disciples of Christ. It really core the core message of the good news, gospel message of Christ is that because of our sin, Christ died and was resurrected to offer us mercy. Okay? Within this statement, I believe there are four key principles that make up the gospel message. That if you remove any one of them, you're not having the gospel message. Okay? So because of our sin, Christ died and was resurrected to offer us mercy. Alright? So let's just break that down. Because of our sin. You know, good news... If you get it all the time, it begins to, to lack its significance, right? If I came to you one day and I said, I've got good news. I want to give you $100,000. You'd be very happy, wouldn't you? Estel's eyes told me that. He just went, wow, $100,000. I went to you the next day and I gave you another $100,000. It's pretty impressive, right? That's still nice. But I come to you every day for four, five, six months, and each day I give you $100,000, yeah, it's still nice to get $100,000, but it might not feel as impressive always getting good news. Because we understand good news has more significance and importance when laid out in comparison to bad news. And just as the good news of the gospel message is, you know, we'll, we'll get to all the good news that it is. It is good news. There has to be a bad news that it comes into conflict with, that it changes, that it com- is compared Two. So here's the bad news. There was a time in the story of mankind when eternity separated from God was not a an option, but it was the option. Eternity of torment, uh, of pain, of suffering. The Bible talks about gnashing of teeth where the worm never dies. All these things, the lake of fire and hell and, and stuff. That was the option. It was the reality. Sin had come in and there was that separation. That's the bad News. Because we ask why this has to happen, it's because that sin came into the world. We talked about some of that with Sunday school, and we'll talk about that later on. But because sin came into the world, sin is just disobedience towards what God has called us to do. Now, you may sit there and you may think, well, I'm, I'm a good person, and I do a lot of good things, and I don't have any kind of problems like that. But that's not so. We all have issues. We all have things that we do. We all make mistakes. Amen. Scripture says in two different places this kind of stuff. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then in 1 John 1.8 it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. The bad reality of life at that, at that point in time was that, and still today, is that sin was oppressive and a destructive force in all of society. In all of nature, in every family, in every home, in every individual, sin was there, sin was thriving, sin was destroying the world. That was the bad news. That is still the bad news of the world today. Right? We know that. That's the reality. That's what's going on. But sin still has a very real part of our lives. Jesus knew this. 
He looked down through all the ages of history. He saw what happened in the garden. He saw what was going on throughout all different kinds of times. He saw him in Gamar. He saw what was happening in Nineveh. He saw what was happening in different societies and different groups. And even within the Jerusalem people at different times and different seasons in their life, they would go into bondage and things because of their unbelief, their disobedience, and, and not following God. He saw this trend. And he saw that sin was always going to run rampant and always going to be destructive. And he made a decision. So because of our sin, he made the decision that Christ, that he himself, would die. You know, death is something that we're all familiar with, right? That's sad. That's sad truth, but it is. If we've been alive very long, we've probably had somebody in our life pass away. Somebody that's close to us, somebody that means a lot to us. And we've grieved and we've mourned and we've, we've hurt. When we see death portrayed in, in media, in different things, and, and you see see that in different shows and whatnot, or, and, and then maybe some of us so have been there firsthand when somebody's passed away. We've, we've seen that happen. We, we've seen the, the life begin to leave them. We've seen them take their last breath. We've, we've seen that. And all these things, we, we know that death is a reality. There's a lot of things in life, a lot of sicknesses that may come and may go that we think, well, there's a hope that it'll come out of it. There's a hope that things will change. That things can get better. They can get better. You know, medicine. But there's a finality to death in this world. It's very final. You don't come back on this world from death. That's just not what happens. We understand that. And that feeds our grief and it feeds our mourning because we know that. They're not coming, coming back. So take all of your understanding and all of your experience and with, with death and with loss and with mourning and with grief and take all that and understand that, that that is the reality of what happened to Jesus Christ on the cross. He wasn't just kind of dead. He wasn't just unconscious. He just didn't go to sleep. He just, they just didn't wait till he was worn out. He was dead. Scripture says that he, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I commit my spirit. And it says he hung his head and he gave up the ghost or he gave up the spirit. Final. He was gone. Passed away. To be no more. And all expectations and all outside lookers looking at this situation, it was the same thing that had happened on Golgotha's Hill multiple times before. Many, many, many thousands upon thousands of people had hung on those crosses, had given their last breath, had cried out to God or Yahweh and all these things in that situation and cried out and, and, and died. And they were dead. They never heard from them again. Many religious leaders that said they knew what to do and had they, they had a better understanding of what Moses, all these things that had groups following them, many of them came and were put to, to the cross and, and died there. And, and they, didn't, they didn't come back. So for many, on the outside looking in, they thought the same thing just happened to Jesus. He died. And he did. He experienced death. The fullness of death. Nothing was pulled back. No punches were pulled. He experienced the fullness of all of it. The same death that if we live long enough that we'll experience. The same death that people that we've loved have experienced. The same death that people over thousands of years has experienced. He experienced that death. To feel the life go out of but I'm thankful he says in one place, only I have the power to take my life and I have the power to raise it up again. And though that may, you know, all this about his death may not sound good or hopeful, it is part of the gospel message. And there is good in it. And there is hope in it. And there is power in it. Because it's not how it ended. 
So because of our sin, Christ died, but He was resurrected. He was resurrected. In the movie Braveheart, I love this movie, William Wallace, all this stuff, you know, going to war. It was the longest movie I think I've ever watched, probably. Crazy stuff. Paint their face blue and go out there and just scream and holler and gallivant and everything. And I, I, I think I've got, I've got Scottish and Irish background in me, and I'm like, yeah, that's my people. Let's go, you know. Um, he says it one place. So I'm going to try this. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And that's my attempt at a Scottish brogue, okay? Not very good, but I thought I'd try it, okay? See how you like it. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And the reality is we all die. And that's the truth of the matter. Gilbert will die. I will die. Y'all will die. We'll die. That's that's reality. And if Christ had just died, then what are we doing here? If Christ had died and that was the end of it, then what's the purpose of all this? Amen. I like seeing you guys. You all dress up nice. Some of you all dress up nicer than I do usually. You know, you fancy people, you sing pretty good most of the time, you know, you're nice to hang out with, you all make some good food and do some good stuff, but but if Christ just died and that was it, then, then why are we here? Because I'm going to be honest, I, I would have slept in this morning. I was worn out, you know. I wouldn't have showed up. I could have done a whole lot of other things, and I could have seen you all some other time. But there was a purpose behind it because Christ didn't just die. See, there was something that happened afterwards. The fact that he did not stay in the grave and was re- and was resurrected sets Christ's story apart from every other person that had died up to that point and every other person that has died since that point because he was different. Because right. that was different. Nobody does that. Yes, Jesus resurrected people from the dead, but that was through his power. Nobody came up to Jesus' tomb and said, Come out of there, Jesus. Nobody went and laid hands on him and said, Jesus, wake up. Nobody went to his bedside and took his hand and said, Arise, beloved. None of that happened. He did those things in his walk, but nobody did that to him. He rose within his own power and own authority. And it sets him apart and it makes him different. Scripture documents several instances after his death, burial, and resurrection where he interacted with other believers, right. where he taught the disciples, continued to teach with them. He walked with some on the road to the uh, road to Damascus. He went, went, went with them and talked to them and said, hey, let me just expound all this. You might be sad and depressed, but that's not the end of the story. Let me give you some more context. It was not the end of it. Right. Amen. And see, this idea, we remove any part of it, then the fullness of the gospel message of the good news isn't as good. And if we remove the resurrection, if we say, well, that didn't happen, and we just look at the Bible as a good teaching tool, then really there's no sense in what we're doing. There's no purpose. There's no efficiency. There's no effectiveness to it without the resurrection. Amen. It's the resurrection that makes it different. And it's the resurrection that gives us opportunity that we did not have before. And his resurrection wasn't just to show off his power. It wasn't just Jesus was like, I'm going to die, I'm going to resurrect myself, so y'all know that I'm God, and that I'm good, and that I'm awesome, and I'm powerful, and I can do whatever I want to, ain't none of y'all stopping me. He did it with a purpose. Yes. And with an intention, and with a plan mind. And I'm thankful that it didn't end at the cross, and didn't end at the grave, but that he was resurrected. And you know, somebody reading the Bible for the first time, be reading through the story, and, 
and get to this point. Maybe you just sit down with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of the, the four key Gospels. And you're just reading through it and you're like, what is his plan? What is he doing? He had a good thing going. He had people following him. As he went into Jerusalem, there was thousands of people that met him, met, met him outside for the triumphant entry. He had any. He could have torn down everything. He could have up, unseated the the temple. He could have probably got garnered enough garnered enough strength and power to go and march on Rome. What was he doing? He had a good thing going, and here, here he is, and he, he's dead. Within a matter of, Jesus spends multiple years setting up his story, and within a matter of, of just a few scriptures, he goes from triumphant entry to being on a cross. What's happening here? But there was a plan. In a course of action that was set that God requires to follow to fulfill and give us this good news. Give us this good news that we have. He was resurrected for a purpose to offer us mercy. You know, through the events of Christ's death and resurrection, the reality that was true for all men and women before then of eternal separation from God. You know, That reality shifted and changed and was no longer the option, but still an option. There was a change in that. And Christ came with that, pers- that, that purpose to give us that option, that opportunity. And that is the fulfillment of the good news that we have been offered this great gift of, of salvation. So let's go through that real quick. Because of our sin, Christ died, was resurrected to offer us mercy. If you remove any of those. If there isn't sin, then, yeah, it's nice that he did that for us, but there wasn't really any reason for him to to do it. If he didn't die, then there wasn't the sacrifice. So then we wouldn't have a payment for our sins. If he didn't resurrect, then he was just another man that just died. And if he didn't come to offer us mercy and he just wanted to do it to show off his power, then we still don't have any better option. We just know that there was a man called Jesus that walked upon this earth, did a lot of amazing things, said he liked us, but then he left. You take any one of those parts out, the key tenets of the gospel message, and you no longer have good news. You have an interesting story, but you don't have good news. If you read the paper, you still have the paper. If you go on Facebook, there's a lot of interesting stories that you can read. And you can get on and you can scroll through all of BuzzFeed's lists about something. Or you can go through and look at all the different highlights and see what's trending on Twitter and whatnot. And watch all your little TikToks about how people are dancing and doing those fancy things. I think they're slapping people with tortilla shells now and all this stuff. You can do all those things. And it's interesting, but it's not good (coughs) news. And if you remove any one aspect of that gospel message, of the tenets of the gospel, you have an interesting story. Jesus did a lot of amazing things while he walked upon this earth. Healed people, fed people, did work many miracles. It's an interesting story. It's an interesting story, but it's not good news. It's not good news then. And we have to understand that there's a lot of other things. There might not be a disagreements on in the world and disagreements on within the church and disagreements on within, within your family maybe even. And those all things come and go. But these core tenets are what are important to our relationship with God, to our ministry, to who we are, to what we teach, to what we preach, to what we sing, to everything that we do. It must come down to looking at these four core tenets of the gospel. We need to understand that. 
And I'm faithful, you know, that he came and he lived his life and he did this. He saw me in my sin. He came and walked on this earth and he died. And then he was resurrected and he offered me mercy. He offered me this, that through Christ, you know, I don't have to be bound to my sin, that I can receive forgiveness for my sin. That those, That is a reality and that is true now. But if that's all we know of the Bible, then we also hinder ourselves from growing into who the men and women that God desires for us to be. Because right. I love what Paul said here, okay? So according to the Scriptures, you read all this again. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Okay, he says, I gave you the message, you've received it, you know, you've got it, you, you, that's where you stand. You know, that's what you're with right now. By which also ye are saved. It's the gospel message is saved. That's the mercy that he's offered. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first all which I also received. So you're basically saying, I had to know it before I could tell it, right? That's important. That's key. Brethren, uh, you first, of all which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures. And you can get the key principles of the gospel message within Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Paul will even break it down for you in most of his letters. You can probably pick it up from Acts and some of the teachings there as well. But the fullness of the gospel, everything that leads up to it, everything that makes it necessary, everything that, that makes it important to us, that makes gives it the power that it does, the, the prophecy that sets it up, and then the reaction and the response that we should have to that is the fullness of Scripture. And that's what over the next few weeks we're going to focus on is how Christ built up to this place where the gospel was important, setting it up and giving us a head up that, hey, this is coming, and then we're going to look at afterwards how we should respond. To the gospel message. Because see the gospel isn't just present. In Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But the gospel is present from Genesis. To Revelation. Right. And in each book through scripture. In each story. And in each instance. In each historical period. Under each leader. You can see tidbits and parts. And hints. And easter eggs. Or whatever you want to call them. That are leading up to. And showing us. There is a message here. All these random stories that we may think that don't have anything to do with each other sometimes, that if you just read them in a book, you'd be like, what's going on here? They all have this key common thread that leads up to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the life of Jesus Christ. But that also continues through that even still to today. That the gospel isn't just something that we say that I believe the gospel. Yeah. It's not just something that I sing the gospel songs or I preach the gospel. The gospel is something that we live daily. And that is alive with us still today. So the next few weeks, that's what we want to focus on, is looking at the gospel. And I'm pretty short this morning, David, so you're welcome. Averaged it out somewhere there. But I want us to understand this, that we all, I believe, probably, no doubt, probably saved here. Know Jesus Christ. We've heard the gospel before. But there's more to the gospel than we oftentimes just simplify it down to and say, well, that, that's all it is. There's these core tenets, and that's the main gospel message, but the gospel has so much more fullness that we need to learn and garner and understand to effectively lead the lives that God desires for us to, to lead. If we just know the gospel message and we don't live it out in our lives, then we're, we're failing in some place. If we know the gospel message but we don't share the gospel message, then, then hey, 
we, we, we're failing somewhere. If we know the gospel message, but we don't know why it's important for us to have that message, then we're failing somewhere. The gospel message is intricate to our understanding in our life with Christ and our relationship with Him. And my fear and my concern is that there's many people, many church-going people that know about the gospel, but they don't know the fullness of the gospel. They don't embrace it. They don't understand it. They're not wanting, they don't dive deeper into it. And they're limiting their understanding of the gospel because they said, ah, I'll just leave it there. But here's the principles that we're basing it off of. But through scripture, we're going to expand it and learn more so that we can be more and do more and minister more and meet more people where they're at and show them the gospel message so that they too can know and receive that. And that when we do have that eternal home like we sang earlier today, we can have that eternal home with others around us. But it takes the gospel. It takes the gospel. So I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful that it's the gospel message that saved me, that showed me that I needed to be saved, that showed me that that he loved me and, and showed me that I had an option, that I had an alternative to the life I had. And it's the gospel message that saves us all. But we, as Christians, need to be good communicators and well understood and well read when it comes to the things of the gospel, when it comes to the things of God that led us to that point and that continues to lead us now. And if we don't do that, then we're failing to failing Christ and being the men and women that He wants us to be. And we're letting the world have control over the conversation when we can be leading the conversation by giving them the gospel message. Amen. Bless you, Lord.